Welcome to Your Brain On by Salience Learning. I'm Krista Gerhard. And I'm Karen Foster. It's a very interesting topic around feedback because feedback is so critical and it's so difficult to deliver um, in a way that is meaningful. And I, I like your suggestions around, you know, essentially connecting it to the what if or the why um, that provides a better, more tangible sort of rationale for you know, the type of feedback that you've provided. Oftentimes in the industry that we work in, feedback is not read- readily available um, or mm-hmm. given, and it it tends to come in the form of a certification um, or you know a, a, a PI check the box activity, and there's limited time for actual true valuable feedback. I'm just curious if you've worked mm-hmm. in industries that where you've sort of helped them work through how best to bring in that concept of feedback for behavior change within a learning experience. Yeah. And I mean, this is a hard problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of these environments. Um, And so, you know, you can play into things that are a different value for people. So for example, you know, like the hand-washing one, right? Uh, In healthcare, like I've looked at that one a lot because it's an interesting problem, right? Like if you look at my hands right now, they look pretty clean. You know, there's nothing on them. And I don't think we have a hand-washing problem when people's hands actually have stuff on them. You know, like if you've got some kind of visible thing on your hands, you know, you need to wash them. And it's, you know, I don't think, I don't think we have a big issue of people ignoring hand washing when they actually have stuff on their hands. I think it's the, I've washed them six times in the last hour and they feel scrubbed raw to me and I'm super busy and there's a million other competing priorities for my attention and I'm just going to skip this one, you know. Um, And, you know, when we think about it, there's the issue of like, uh, things that you know and things that you feel. The idea of like, I intellectually, I know that there's bacteria on my hand, but I don't see it. It's invisible. My hands don't look any different before or after I wash them. So that's one place where I'm not getting any kind of feedback. My hands don't look different. I don't like, it's an intellectual thing to know that I have improved the situation by washing them. So then also, if I'm a healthcare worker and I'm not washing my hands, if um, the consequence is potentially the patients get sick, but you know, there's so many people treating patients right now that there's literally no way that you can know that it was me not washing my hands at like 3.30 on Thursday that caused that patient to get sick. And you won't know for a while. And the only way that you know that you have an issue like demonstrably in terms of evidence is that your rates are your infection rates are going up or that you're you're out of step with the norms for the rest of the hospital or for other hospitals or things like that. And so we just have, we have a feedback problem right there, you know, and um, we, I've looked at a lot of stuff where you talk about kind of, well, your colleagues should be watching and letting you know, but like, that's a, that's a difficult one too, right? Like nurses telling doctors to wash their hands. Yeah. That's worked really well in a lot of scenarios. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, in some cases, they've worked really hard on making the culture uh, amenable to that, and and they do, right? Like there are actually, you know, organizations, but that doesn't happen automatically. You have to actually work really hard to make that happen. So then what else is there, right? Um, And so then you get into some interesting things. Like I was working with a nurse practitioner and she was telling me, yeah, 20 seconds is a long time. It doesn't sound like it, but it is. And she's like, I will be thinking I am a good nurse. I can wash my hands for 20 seconds. And I thought that was fascinating because I'm like, what she's doing is calling on willpower based on 
professional identity and um, her values and using that as a way to kind of force herself to wash her hands for 20 seconds uh, because the desire to cheat is pretty strong when you're a really, really busy person and you got a million other things going on. Um, in one of Atul Gawande's books, he talks about uh, a massive case study they did around hospital um, hand washing that they tried doubling down on compliance and they tried all these programs. And the thing that actually wound up making a dent in it is that they did focus groups with the staff in the hospital. When I say the staff in the hospital, I mean, everybody like the janitors and the doctors and the administrators and the catering staff and, you know, everybody. And they did focus group after focus group after focus group until literally every employee in the place had been through this and they had contributed and offered their suggestions for how do they fix handwashing within the hospital. And what they got out of that was not like, you know, radically new suggestions for doing this because quite frankly, every group kind of came up with the same list of things. But what they did get was they got the buy-in of everybody had put their chips on the table and said, this is how I think we should do it. And then what you found is you had it found a whole organization that was really vested in that solution. So I don't think we can really fix the, I mean, you know, theoretically like blacklight or something will tell you if your hands are clean or not. Right. Um, there's some technology stuff that will help with that, but, but I mean, we can't really fix the problem that there's this feedback issue, but we can lean on other things, whether it's values, whether it's professional identity, whether it's um, social accountability, whether it's personal stakes, whether it's involving people and contributing to the answer to the problem. So that's what we, that's what we get into when we start looking a little bit beyond just telling people it's really, really important to wash their hands. What is the mechanism to institute so that people stay motivated, people stay engaged, even in those long-term kind of journeys to final behavior change? Yeah. And so a lot of it is about making those things feel real. Um, and so storytelling is one, for example, you know, the really good storytelling people have that emotional impact that attaches, like there was this manager and this is the story about her and her doing the thing. And it comes to the end and you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Right? Like that takes a, a thing that you need to work on, right? And makes it feel immediate and real to you as opposed to abstract. You know, I, I do a thing in one of my workshops where I say, okay, here's the task. You have to um, create training around a performance, uh, the new performance management system the company is rolling out, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to do quarterly performance reviews that are supposed to be much shorter rather than the annual review, which I hate the annual review problem, same issue of waiting too long for feedback. But, um, uh, you know, so what are the good things that could come of that for the people that are going to be in your class, right? And and, you know, I always have people like, tell me, you know, like there's, there's some good stuff that could come out of that. You could have a better relationship with your employees. You could have, uh, they could perform better. You could do better. You know, you could feel more competent as a leader, like lots of really kind of big, powerful stuff. Right. Um, but how tangible does that feel to you when you're sitting in class learning how to fill out the boxes in the performance appraisal system? And the answer is not really right. And so, um, if you were like, I just need to do this thing and I'm going to make several things about my job and my team way better. And tomorrow things are going to be better for my team. Right. But of course that's not how that works. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, can you make that feel visible or quite frankly, salient for those people. Can you draw the dotted line between if you do this behavior over here, this is the consequence or benefit of that behavior, either the good thing that will happen or the bad thing that you're trying to prevent or, you know, whatever it is and make it 
feel real. Like one of the really simple things that I always tell people is if you can make your feedback, like in an e-learning or something, make it consequence-based. So don't say that was a bad choice. Say, here's what happened because you made that choice. You know, did you pick the right product for the customer? Um, you know, you might say, no, that's not the right product because blah, blah, blah. Or you can just say, you know, this is what happened to that customer. You know, they either walked away or they didn't buy from you or something else happened or, you know, whatever it is, Uh, you know, because the more distant the relationship is between the action and the consequence or the action and the reward, the more it feels vague and intangible and likely likelihood plays into it. Severity plays into it. You know, those all things are all part of the mix, but whenever it feels too vague and too distant, people really struggle with those behaviors. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Brain On by Salience Learning. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Karen Foster. And I'm Krista Gerhard. And we'll see you next time.